Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 25. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Hannah Joy, frontwoman of one of Australia's greatest new bands, Middle Kids. The band are releasing their second studio record tomorrow, entitled Today We're the Greatest. In today's episode, Hannah and I talk about the making of the new record, how the band challenges their listeners, and her obsession with Block Party. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontwoman of one of Australia's greatest new bands. They won the Triple J Australian Album of the Year Award in 2018, and they're now following it up with their second record, entitled Today We're the Greatest. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours from Middle Kids, Hannah Joy. Hey, Hannah. Hey. How are you going today, Hannah? Doing well. You know, just juggling mum life and music life. It's good stuff. It's, um, I imagine both of those keeping you very busy at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations on the second album, which is out tomorrow. Uh, today we're the greatest. It's a it's a gorgeous record. Um, still very much a middle kids record, but even from the first track, uh, Bad Neighbors, you could hear little I guess intricacies, or little bits and pieces that were slightly different, or um, I think some vocal tricks of like falsetto and more vibrato. From the beginning of this record, were you guys trying to push? Uh, I guess push the sound or push what you'd previously done before and, and expand that? Yeah, I think there was, um, we were quite intentional about making this record and wanting to kind of broaden some of our influences and our sound. And I think it's mainly because, you know, all three of us have actually come from quite a diverse musical background and have enjoyed and played a lot of different kind of music. And I think, you know, we've been loving kind of being in this indie rock pop world and I, and we still are. Um, but I think that, um, it just made sense for us to kind of like dig a little deeper and to, you know, kind of open up a bit more to, you know, where we've come from. And, and I think even as you say, like with my voice, like I really felt like I wanted to kind of whip it around a little bit more and kind of push it to kind of see, what I got there, you know, and I, um, it was like really cool. Like, I mean, one of those songs, cellophane, particularly, I remember like the chorus, I'm like kind of like going all over the place. And I remember just when I was writing a song, I was like, I'm just going to like, just try and hit random notes and see what I can do kind of thing (laughs) and see if it like will sound any good. And it was kind of cool. Like, I think, you know, um, I'm really like, 
enjoying like seeing them. And um, I feel like, yeah, it's been a really cool development for us in that way. Yeah, of course. Um, I think last time, please correct me if I'm wrong, the first record was recorded by yourselves, whereas this one was recorded uh, in LA with, I'm going to, Lars. Stafford, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who's worked with acts like um, St. Vincent and Purity Ring. So like similar kind of indie, but also a few different sounds as well. What was that whole kind of experience like? It was friggin' awesome, which like I felt like very scary for us because as you say, like everything we've done is ourselves and in and recorded in very kind of like, you know, homely environments and um I, we've tr- we tried once to do the studio thing before and we just like weren't wasn't a vibe for us I mean it was us probably more than anything but I think we really wanted to find someone that could you know have a cool partnership with Tim because he's produced everything um and we went on tour with Cold War Kids right at the beginning when we were touring America and they've made a, a few records with Lars as well. And we've stayed in touch with them and they just recommended him to us, um, you know, from them knowing Tim quite well and knowing Lars. And it was just really awesome because I think um, they're like best friends now. It's so cute. All they do is like talk about <laughs> compressors and microphones. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he was just like essentially like a fourth member in the room with us. And um he was just like, you know, steering the ship. And then even a big part of it, you know, like Tim and I often, because we're married and like, you know, when I'm recording vocals and Tim is engineering, like it can get angsty because like I'm insecure and he's like, oh, do that better. And I'm like, I'm so bad, you know, it's like, and so <laughs> Lars like figured that out pretty quickly. And so every time that we had to record vocals, Lars would always like send him out on a very important job to like do somewhere else. <laughs> so anyways, he like really just knew how to work with us. And um, like we, were, we did it in 14 days because we were in a really like tight time pressure with touring and the baby and stuff. And like we never saw daylight during that time because we just go in and leave at night. But um, it was such a wild experience. But so thankful for us. Like he's such a legend. I know that with this album you kind of, um, I guess, dropped some of the barriers down when it came to your lyrical content in the songs. And as you said, that um, he kind of got used to the 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 marriage dynamic of yourself and Tim, how important do you think it is to have trust in, in a producer when you're, when you're making an album like this? Yeah. I mean, I think hugely because I think mainly you want to trust that their vision is in alignment with yours because every, every moment you spend, you're trying to serve the song and you need to make sure that, um, well, for us, we just like the, that we could trust that Lars's vision for these songs was in alignment with ours was like so huge because then it meant like the calls he would make, we were trusting that it was coming out of a place of like, we're all trying to get to this point with these songs. Um, you know, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about the song and how to get there. And I think once you, we were able to establish that in terms of like, you, you can kind of start even like seeing that pretty quickly, whether they are, you know, resonating with each other um there's such a great flow then because then you know ideas are just moving and bouncing off each other and because you all and even though you have different ideas of how to get 
to this place, it means you can kind of all go on that journey together. Um, and yeah, it was like a really like free fun place to like throw things at these songs to see kind of what stuck. And yeah, it was really cool. Nice. <laughs> um, as I just mentioned, you did, um, uh, like a lot of the songs have a lot more, I guess, yeah, honest and open approach this time around. What was it that changed with yourself? Or I guess, what was the, the reason behind, uh, opening up, um, more lyrically? Well, I think, um, I mean, a big part of it is I think like I'm striving to live more openly generally. And I think that, you know, the more you live, the more you realize that how you live totally informs your art and what you create. There's like such, you know, which is cool because it means like you feel like even in, if you spend two weeks and you don't touch a piano, like in some ways you are writing a song because the way that you're living is totally then influencing when I do sit down at the piano, what is going to come out because it's this big dynamic thing inside me. So I, I feel like, you know, I just believe more and more as like, it's a good way to live honestly and boldly and sharing yourself and, and also living out of your heart. I think I, I can often live out of my head and, you know, I think um, I'm trying to, you know, have them more as a team. <laughs> um, and <laughs> But I also think too, like for the music that's really influenced me, it's like, it's when, um, not exclusively, but a lot of artists that really like share their story, um, through song, I feel has been like very impactful on me. And I think that is a very cool way to share story. And I think, you know, the power of story in itself is, you know, pretty wonderful way to like, you know, learn and build empathy. And I just think that, um, I've just been wanting to do that more and more with music. Yeah. Um, I, there's a quote um, from yourself that I'm going, I'm going to read off my notes on it because I don't want to get it wrong. And I really do like the quote. I want people to hear our music and feel a sense of love. And when I say love, it can be challenging, intense and tough, but it's in the guts. Just a second ago when you were talking about like being honest and creating do you think it's important that sometimes, I guess, for an artist, for yourself, some uh, sometimes you want the the music to be slightly challenging to the listeners for almost a, like there's almost a greater payoff if, if there's a little bit more work involved in it? Yeah, that's an interesting thought because I do feel like there is a very delicate balance. Um, and so I guess it depends on how much you want to lean one way or the other. Um, whether like, cause I think there's something so wonderful and, you know, helpful even about just like a song being a warm blanket that, you know, that just holds you and you feel good and like a lot of pop music. Um, and then, you know, there's, you know, there's music that's extremely challenging to listen to even like, you know, modern 20th century classical music, or whatever, when you're like, Oh my gosh, like, and you know, I think, some of that music, I still, I'm like, ah, like, I can't get it. I can't get into it. And so, but then there has been music where like, initially I couldn't get into it, but then as I kind of like sat with it more, I could. And to me, that's like a cool sweet spot to be in where it's like, if you're, to, are you talking like musically as well? Like challenging uh, yeah. to listen to? 
uh, yeah, in, t- in terms of not necessarily challenging in terms of um, it's difficult to listen to, but in terms of that you want it to uh, almost like subvert the listener's expectations or kind of like not have them just know that it's like verse chorus. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's it. Like of like, um, yeah, not doing the ABA, BBA thing yeah. or whatever. It's like, um, <laughs> which I, we do actually all the time and I like it. But I think um, definitely on this record, there was more thought into like kind of finding a C or a D and um, and even in different sounds or whatever. And I think that um, I I actually think that's brought more life into the music, which has been really cool because, yeah, sometimes if you go too far, it can like take you out of it. The listeners like can be like, eh. but I think um, that was like something, a balance we were trying to achieve for this record of like, you know, and it's like still pretty down the line, um, you know, indie pop rock. But I just think there, there's more, I don't know, like breadth and depth of, you know, influences and textures on there for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Um, even throughout most of this record for you guys, it is, there's lots of little, um, flourishes or touches that maybe weren't on the first one, but really do add to the sound of, of middle kids. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's cool how, like, how much um, of a space you can create with that, like a, uh, and even like emotion, like still like music is just so mysterious to me in this way that like you can just like communicate so much with sound and, and it really speaks to you. Like it sounds so lame, but, but you know, beyond words, and, like, but it is true. Like it's still such a great mystery. It's a hundred percent true. The fact that you can kind of, pull something out of your brain and and will it into existence and then it connects with more than one, like a range of different people. It's an incredible thing. Mm. One of the tracks I wanted to talk about, uh, Lost in Los Angeles, it has a um, almost like a, a very like, it's almost like a distant, distant, distant cousin of like a Sufjan Stevens kind of track with the banjo and the, the guitar. Maybe just distant cousin, you know, maybe not three distance, just one distance. I, I, I didn't want to imply anything that maybe it was like a... <laughs> um, when you guys are recording it and writing new music, how, I guess, how much of your own record collection or, or music that you listen to do you take in or let influence or do you kind of, when you're writing and recording, is it kind of like, no, nah, just our music, nothing else? I mean, it's interesting. Tim and I were just talking about this before because I think like, yeah, we're not consciously like, um, we're not consciously either. Like, let's go for this. Like we never go, let's go for this kind of sound. But also it's very clear that there are particular artists that have influenced even different songs. Like I, I couldn't even necessarily say for the whole record, but the, like I, Sufjan for sure is an influence on Los, Los Angeles. I don't know if it's just because there's a banjo on it, but <laughs> I mean, probably not. Like I think, I mean, I've loved Sufjan Stevens for years and I've been thinking golden star too. Like I connect those as well with Sufjan, yeah. you know, that layering of vocals and he'll often layer lots of guitars which is same in Los, in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah. And I think like, yeah, I don't also just go, I'm just going to do my thing because I know my thing doesn't exist without all the other things. So I think like he's a big one. I think I was listening to a lot of, um, the 1975 as well, 
which you can't even really hear that much, but I, I know that it's in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> or like um, some people stay in a house forever. It sounds like to me, like the Cocteau twins who I really, really love. Um, and actually there's like a strong influence probably of the national in there as well. Maybe more of these kind of like lyricy blah, blahs that he does. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's something almost I look back or as a band, we look back and after the fact we see, Oh, we can see this artist popping up here, this artist popping up here. Um, you know, but it's, I never, we never really think about that going into it. Um, which is, I think I like doing it that way because I like having the big wide open space to be myself and for us to be ourselves. Um, and then you just, and trusting that you just take in with you all that you've heard because that's there's no way around that and that wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Then you can kind of like look at it and be like, oh, wow, look at this, this, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, um, I'm curious in terms of um, when you go in to writing the song, maybe lyrically, do you usually have an idea of like, oh, this is going to be a song about like us or this is going to be a song about regret or is it kind of that you just, again, open palette and it kind of reveals itself as you're midway through? I think it's a particularly the lyrical content. Well, the theme anyway is like a revelation and then like and usually it will come out in like a chorus idea or a verse and then I'll build upon that and write around it. But in, yeah, the heart of the song definitely like is um, found. And then, um, and then I'd be like, Oh yeah, like that would be cool to write something like this. Um, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, it's like this kind of like a, a mixture of kind of like just seeing what comes out and then kind of being a, intentionally picking up on a lyric or, or, a, or a picture and then going, okay, we're going down that way. I know for this record as well, uh, there was maybe not apprehension, but um, I think that in terms of love songs, you had previously written like a lot of love songs and this record featured um, Stacked Chairs and, and um, Run With You. For yourself, I guess, firstly, did you find it difficult to kind of 
come up with a love song that wasn't because I think I feel like it's very easy to fall into to traps or cliches when it does come to love songs. And I, and I think just as a side note, you've done that very well with this record. <laughs> um, but yeah, for yourself, did you find it difficult in, in not kind of, you know, f- uh, falling into those traps? Well, I think if anything, I've come from a place of being quite guarded and not wanting to be like uh, tinny and shiny that I think that I've had to actually allow myself to go there more. And I think stacking chairs is a cool one because I, I started off that song just kind of like with imagery about from like Tim's life. Well, I don't know because he grew up in Papua New Guinea in the jungle for the first 10 years of his life. And I kind of like had these little snap, like he'll tell me stories or whatever about what that was for him. And so I had had these like snapshots of him as a kid in that place. And then it kind of rolled out from there, um, which is cool. Cause it didn't like, yeah, it start off being like, I'm going to sing about Tim and how much I love him. <laughs> it was like, I was seeing him in this way. And then, and then, I feel like the song kind of grew out of that place and then the the love came from that, which was like cool. So I think that like um, I'm probably so far on the other side of being like, you know, afraid to be nice that it's like it's good for me to like be sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is a, it's a very kind of cool way to do it because it is like love songs can get – yeah, um, I need to find a better word for it, but they can get kind of like caught in a trap and it's nice to have, um, you can kind of pick up on the, the tones of warmth and, and an affection without it being like, yeah, I love you, Tim. And then that repeated for three and a half minutes. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's very well done. That's a kind of a cool concept song, concept album. Just, <laughs> anyways, nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> For the band, you guys have done very well in in the last, uh, I'm going to say four years. I think it was uh, the EP only came out in 2017, Mm. uh, this month, last month. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been quite a a decent ride for for yourselves, um, having, you know, taken out Album of the Year with Triple J, toured the States and performed on Late Night. Um, Elton John is a fan for you guys. Has that kind of been a... Uh, I guess, has it been a shock that um, you've done so well in, in such a short amount of time? I mean, I think so. I'm, I think probably being a little further in now, it's been cool to even like look back on it because in, 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 in the moment, this, it's just like, it was just insane in terms of like, you know, we released our first song and then essentially like a couple months later, we're like on the road nonstop for for three years, I guess. And um, it's almost in such a way that, like, I, I didn't even really have the space to reflect or even be like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, I definitely did feel it was amazing, but you're, I was just like, oh, my gosh, and just, like, we were playing shows, like, all the time. And it was amazing. But I think looking back on it now, I'm like, we've just been really, like, so thankful and just, like, stoked with kind of the journey and I think even in light of, you know, not being able to tour for a year and, and having this kind of part of our lives, not under threat, but like hard to know how the, how to live into that. Um, 
it's just brought on a whole new kind of level of, I would say like, you know, really like drive and feeling like, man, even though it feels like I don't even know how to be an artist more than ever, I feel like I want that. And I feel so thankful that I've had the opportunity to do that in such a profound way. Um, because all of us were like, we had no idea really what we were doing. And, um, so yeah, it's been like a really cool thing. And I think even this record is cool coming off the back of a really intense first few years, because, um, I think everything we've made basically up until this record has been like, you know, like, Oh, like we're touring, we've got a day off. Let's like make something here. And it's like, been these patchwork quilts. We've like, you know, put together in these like spare moments. But I think for this record, we were like, we really took a beat and we're like, we're going to sit and with these songs, we're going to make something. And I think, I think that was cool being, you know, a few more years in where we felt confident enough. Cause you know, you have to say no to touring. You have to be like, which when you're a young man, you just feel like, no, you got to be out there, you know? So it's cool to have this record now because I really hear that the time that we've given it to get to know the songs and to really, you know, invest in these songs. Um, like the payoff has been amazing. Like I really, we feel so proud of this record. I mean, we love all the music we've made, but this one feels like such a wonderful, you know, next step for us. And, um, and just like, a yeah, the cool next installment, I guess of our journey and who knows like where the heck, we're going or anything like this, but just we feel so thankful for it. Yeah, no, of course. Um, the first record I feel was very, um, and, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I think it like, it was influenced by being on the road. It was quite like a, the energy in that record was quite like a, like a live band and, and feeding off the audience. Um, and it reflected that. And there does seem to be like, yeah, a few quieter and slower moments in, in this record, which seem like it is, you guys taking a breath um, with being such a well-known live band in Australia. Um, have you guys kind of missed that element of obviously I know that there's the, the little one, so that there would have been a break of the road anyway, but have you missed that element of, of going out and playing shows? So much. It's so crazy. Like it's like going into that world of like being a touring band is like so different to normal life than going back to normal life. You're like, Oh my gosh. But more importantly, like we just love playing like, and that's kind of why we do it. Cause we, the playing music with people is just like the best thing in the world for us. And so it's been sad that we can't do that. And also sharing that with audiences is just like got to be one of the best things. Um, so it has been definitely hard and I think it'll be interesting too, because as you say, like, um, this record being, you know, having more softer tracks, like we feel like a little nervous, but excited because so much of our music behind is like very, yeah, rocky loud. And when you're performing, well, for me, it's like a, a, an easier place for me to perform out of with a lot of energy, a lot of noise, you know, I can almost like hide behind just like the love of it all. And, you know, there are a lot of tracks where I just have to like be quite still and, and raw. And I, I've never like really done that. And so I think, um, you know, which I think is good. And it's really important as an artist to like keep stretching yourself. But so I feel really excited um, to 
play these songs, but also like I'm a little bit scared because I know that um, it's going to be a stretch for me to not just get up there and like high kick around the stage and sing my lungs out, but to actually just like sit in some of the music and be like, here is my story, you know. Um, <laughs> but but I really would like to start playing a lot more music when we can. <laughs> That's very fair. Well, I know that um, there are some shows in May for the, mm. the album launch. It'll be very exciting. And I, I know that a lot of people are quite excited to see you guys back on the road, which will be good. Mm. Hannah, would you be happy to talk about your playlist or a few tracks from the playlist? Yeah. Well, one song I was just thinking about from some of the things we were just talking about is there's Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I am obsessed with, I've been obsessed with this song since I was a little girl. And I think like one of the things is that it's just like so over the top and like, you know, it's just like they've got like big strings and a big grand piano and it's just so emotive, but it's so unashamed in that. And the end result is just like pure emotional euphoria as a listener for me anyway. And I remember we, um, I used to be in the school choir and we performed this song <laughs> and mm-hmm. performance like it's a, crying. It's a staple for, for the choirs. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it was just like, it was kind of embarrassing, but I just, the music was just like so intense and wonderful. But I mean, I would make a whole playlist of Simon and Garfunkel if I could, but it was just one of those songs that I thought of. Um, what else did I put on there? There's also um, Banquet by Block Party. We actually went on tour with Block Party two years ago around Europe and it was like the best time of my life because I used to be obsessed with Block Party. I mean, I still am. Um, <laughs> but I think that that album was like a very um, informative album for me because he, Kelly, like he's very um, – it's like a very physical album. Like I think, especially as a woman, like for me, it really helped me like express anger through music and which is cool because a lot, you know, a lot, it's easy to kind of be like happy and sad or whatever, but to, to feel quite physical and angry in a kind of a felt like a healthy release way. Yeah. was really cool. And like banquet particularly has got these like wild drums that just kind of like drive all the way through. Um, and the tour they did when, when we played with them, they played um, Silent Alarm, that album, just the, in its entirety, which is that like... would have been... It was insane. Yeah. It was actually great. <laughs> um, so that was like a when, cool... When they say... Um, I feel like there's like an, an age-old saying of like you don't meet your heroes. Was it um, the opposite of that? Was it a good experience touring with Kelly? Um. Yep. It was amazing. Yep. There were like, and there's only, there's only two, um, is Kelly and Russell. Like the other two are like new members and they're legends. But, um, I got to have lunch with Kelly and he was an angel. Like totally. He was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. So cool. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the other song I, for another reason on that is, um, Phoenix, also one of my favorite bands from like these, some of those bands are like, they were like my favorite bands when I was like 14 and they're still my favorite band now as a grown person. I think the music holds up, but sorry, I'll let you continue. <laughs> but it's true. Those ones that like really get you 
never let go. <laughs> um, but their song, if I ever feel better, because um, I, that song to me was like really exciting in terms of how I used words and which is cool too, because they're like French. And so English is their second language, but the way that he used words in that song, like so many different little rhymes and like, I think, that was like very exciting, but it within like indie music, I don't know. It was just like really cool to me and exciting to use like meter and poetry in a way that kind of was like more exciting than just like singing a little tune. It felt like quite, uh, I don't know, almost kind of like, uh, like a slam poet or something like that. I don't, that's, I don't know, that, but that's always been like a cool song that has been like, I think like, help me see what you can do with words. Um, but yeah. I feel like Phoenix have always had um, their own little way of almost like a signature, like way of phrasing or um, placing melodies that, that are just slightly off kilter, but still somehow work. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, and then maybe the last one I'll talk about, which is a band that's a new band, not like, you know, an age old band is mm. the 1975 and that song, love it. If we made it, um, off a brief inquiry to online relations or whatever it's called, that song really like struck me big time. Like as an adult to get like fully struck, like you were when you were like a kid, like that was one of those songs for me. And I think it's just like Maddie Healy just, putting it all out there. I think like, I mean, if I could find a thread between like all the music that I love, I think it's just like artists. That's just like, put it all out there in like, it's in all its mess and beauty and power. And I just feel like, yeah, that song is very cool. I feel like that song and that whole record are are quite um, something weirdly nostalgic, but still modern and current about, Actually, most of the 1975, so. I know. He does it. He just does it. He does a good job. Hannah, thank you so much for your time today. I do very much appreciate it. And um, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Hannah Joy and Middle Kids. Their second record, Today With The Greatest, is out tomorrow. We've left links in the show notes if you'd like to purchase the record or buy a ticket to their tour in May. We also want to give a huge shout out to Ella at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Hannah's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.